Let's get this party started. Welcome everyone to the July episode of the Tinsel Tunes podcast. And I'm glad you could make it here to help celebrate Christmas in July. But I have to start this episode off with something sad. That this is the last episode. For season 2, as next month we turn 2 years old, which means the official start to season 3. Yay! So for next episode, I want to hear from you guys and girls. Record a short audio greeting, you can basically say anything you want. Birthday wishes, ask me questions, tell us about your favourite Christmas song, album or artist, and perhaps why, you know, anything like that. I'm also looking to take the podcast in a different direction, and so hopefully next month you'll hear that new direction, or it may be a couple of months away, but I'll let you know by social media as to what I require from you guys. So speaking of what I required from you guys, this month we are going to look at the song Feliz Navidad and I asked you guys to send through your favourite versions to have a listen to and to pop in the podcast for other people to listen to and later on in the episode we'll get to hear those. And speaking of socials, don't forget you can find us on all the major podcast networks as well as just hopping into Google and typing Tinsel Tunes Podcast to find the website as well as our Facebook page and our Instagram page. And also this month we're going to look at the Boar's Head Carol and we are going to hear from our good friend from the Seasons Eating Podcast, Glenn, as he takes us through the Boar's Head Carol and how it relates to the food. Radio Feliz Navidad. As you may know, this is the song that I was going to do in the last episode, and when I started researching the song, I came across a version rearranged and sung by Tarja. That led me to listen to her whole album, and I thought, Feliz Navidad can wait one more month. I have to tell you guys about that album. So now that it's July, and it is now time to look at one of my favourite Christmas songs, Feliz Navidad, as sung by Jose Feliciano. Yet another 70s Christmas song that has cemented itself in the archives of Christmas nostalgia. It's been 50 years since its release in 1970. I literally grew up with this song. I was born in April 1970 and this song was born, or released, in November. From the earliest of my Christmas memories, this song was there year after year up to the present day. It wouldn't surprise me if I hear it every Christmas until I move on from this world. Firstly, the song is sung in bilingual Spanish and English by none other than Jose Feliciano, who is from Puerto Rico. The choruses are sung in Spanish. Feliz Navidad, Prospero, Ano, Y Felicidad, excuse my Spanish, meaning Merry Christmas, a prosperous year and happiness. While the verses are sung in English, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. I might be singing its praises, but many people despise this song for its lack of religious message and that each season it can't be escaped. This song is definitely part of the modern pack of Christmas tunes that appear on both the most liked and most despised Christmas songs list that get put out each and every Christmas season. Like the other Christmas songs by Paul McCartney, Wham, John Lennon and Mariah Carey, 
it's not really Christmas until you hear at least once while out shopping or on the radio. This song has been recognised as one of the top 25 most played and recorded Christmas songs worldwide, which is no mean feat considering the amount of Christmas music that's out there. However, it wasn't a hit straight away. In fact, it would be over 20 years before it appeared on the US Billboard Hot 100 in a 1998 reach number 70, and then again during the 2016-17 season, where it reached number 44. It then reached number 40 in the 2018 season and actually became Feliciano's first top 40 hit on those charts since 1968. Over the years, the song has peaked at number 1 on the US Holiday 100, number 4 in Switzerland, number 4 here in New Zealand, number 7 in Sweden, and it also reached number 8 in the US Rolling Stone Top 100 and number 10 in Canada. Okay, earlier on in the month I reached out and asked for some versions from you guys to showcase and what we got back was great. Of course it all starts with Tajia's version, which we heard last month, but before we get onto the list, listener and co-host of It's a 90s podcast, Lyle Perez, says My dad used to bust out the guitar every Christmas at family get-togethers and play this song. It was good times. And listener... Stephen Alman posted on the Facebook page, Sorry, can't stand that song. I look forward to listening to the new episode. Well, Stephen, perhaps one of these versions will change your mind. So Todd, over at the Christmas Clatter podcast, came in and mentioned Casey Mulgrave's version. Listener Adam Parker Sybin mentioned that his favourite version is probably one from the British indie rock band Shame. Listener Steve Hurley mentions Walk Off the Earth has a Christmas movie titled It's a Wonderful Mike on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. But their version in this movie and available on their Christmas album is my favourite. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. 
Tom Crow from Tis the Podcast mentioned Don't Hassle the Hoff Dude as David Hasselhoff released a version here. Cast posted on Instagram that he likes the Alves cover. Another version that I like is from a young band called First to Eleven. This is their Christmas rock cover and you'll find it on YouTube and I'll put the links in the show notes. something a little different i found this version on youtube from marlon clark which is a reggae version which was recorded back in 2016. Bottom of my heart. 
what about a big band sound from Laura Pozzini? There are so many versions of the song, it has also been made into various parodies, most of which are either not funny or racist. But here are a few that might just be um, the, the better ones. I'll let you decide. So Bob Rivers and Twisted Radio with Police Stop My Car. Police stop my car Police stop my car The police made me stop Walk a straight line and blow a balloon up Police stop my car Police stop my car The police made me stop Walk a straight line and blow a balloon up Police step your dead which is Feliz Navidad Thanos Avengers Endgame version. Feliz snap your dead. Feliz snap your dead. Feliz snap your dead. My name is Thanos and you're still dead. Feliz snap your dead. Feliz snap your dead. Feliz snap your dead. My name is Thanos and you're still dead. I wanna have the whole world balanced. I wanna have the whole world balanced. There's this from Pussed Boots. Back in my village, the holiday season was all about the Turron, dancing the flamenco and the bittersweet serenade of this song. Please, Navidad. Please, Navidad. I got fleas Navidad My coat is itching and my eyes go sad I want a clean swiftly deep for Christmas A fine leather free collar for Christmas And a shampoo and fluffy for Christmas To make the itching stop And finally this is a man named Billy T. James Now most of you won't have heard of him he was an entertainer back in the 70s and 80s from here in New Zealand, and he was Maori, which are the indigenous people of New Zealand, and he parodied some of the stereotypes of Maori culture from back then. It come from an album titled 60 Years of Kiwi Christmas Songs. It doesn't get played on the radio stations anymore. Well, you know, it's Christmas time, man. All us fellas here at Hauraki, that's Hauraki, would like to wish you a Maori Christmas. <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. Fellas, ready? Okay, here we go. One, two, three, 
We wanna wish you a Merry Christmas. We wanna wish you fellas a Merry Christmas. We wanna wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of our hearts. In fact, in 2019, there was a version released that was titled The Illegal Alien Christmas Song and played a stereotype of Mexican immigrants as heavy drinkers and plague spreaders and it was posted on the Humans Events website, which resulted in some backlash to the song and this statement made by Feliciano himself. The song has always been a bridge to the cultures that are so dear to me, never as a vehicle for a political platform of racism and hate. It's disgusting, and my only wish is that my song and I are distanced from the whole affair as soon as possible. On the very same day after Feliciano's statement, the Human Events editor apologised and removed the song from the website. The song has also been covered by many artists like Michael Bublé, Celine Dion, Clay Walker, The Wiggles and Garth Brooks. Now, as mentioned earlier on, let's join Glenn Warren from Seasons Eating and learn about the Boar's Head Carol. During the holidays, we gather together to share food, stories and song. We cozy around a warm fire, sip on some hot chocolate and listen to some classic Christmas tunes. And in many of the great Christmas songs, there are many references to food. Who can't remember singing about chestnuts roasting on an open fire? or traveling to enjoy some pumpkin pie. But this time, I want to travel back to a time when people gathered in great halls, made merry during the 12 days of Christmas, and paraded the giant head of a recently slain pig around the room. This is Glenn Warren from the Seasons Eatings Podcast, the podcast which explores the history and origins of your favorite Christmas foods. You can find Seasons Eatings on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, and Deezer. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Seasons Eatings Podcast. And on Instagram, Seasons Eating Pod. Plus, you can email me. Tell me what you think of this episode, offer show suggestions, or just chat. You can email at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. This is the history of an almost forgotten Christmas feast and the song which describes it, the Boar's Head Carol. It's a feast rooted in Norse traditions, Grimm's fairy tales, and missing verses. Join me as we explore the history of the Boar's Head Carol. The Boar's Head Carol is a macaronic 15th century English Christmas carol that describes the ancient tradition of sacrificing a boar and presenting its head as a yuletide feast. 
Macaronic language uses a mixture of languages, particularly bilingual puns or situations in which the languages are otherwise used in the same context. The word carol comes from the Middle English carol, which is a kind of round dance with singing and going back far enough from the Greek koros, meaning a choral dance. A modern definition is a popular joyful song, especially celebrating Christmas, although in prior centuries carols were a more generic description of popular seasonal songs, including New Year, Easter, Spring, Summer, and Harvest. Carols evolved in England during the medieval period. The earliest known carols date from the 15th century. Carols are in the vernacular of the people, as opposed to church Latin, and are also less religious. They were derived from the traditional drinking, feasting, or folk songs, straying from the strictly religious themes found in church music. By the 14th century, these traditional carols, often accompanied with dancing, were firmly entrenched as part of the festivities surrounding Christmas. The word macaronic comes from the new Latin macaronicus, which is from the Italian macarone, meaning dumpling, which was regarded as coarse peasant fare. It's generally derogatory and used when the mixing of languages as a humorous or satirical intent or effect, but is sometimes applied to more serious mixed language literature. According to Early English Carols and the Macaronic Hymn by David L. Jeffrey, the Macaronic Hymn tradition enjoyed a particular vigor in the 15th century. The skill of interlacing a definite Latin line into a poem so as to make it fit into the meter and often into the rhyme of the English poem required great skill in handling both languages, besides a thorough knowledge of both the liturgy and the hymnody of the church. According to folklorists, the Boar's Head tradition was initiated in all probability on the Isle of Britain by the Anglo-Saxons, although our knowledge of it comes substantially from medieval times. In ancient Norse tradition, sacrifice carried the intent of employing Freyr to show favor to the new year. The boar's head with the apple in its mouth was carried into the banquet hall on a gold or silver dish to the sounds of trumpets and the sounds of minstrels. In Scandinavia and England, St. Stephen may have inherited some of Freyr's legacy. St. Stephen's feast day is the 26th of December, and thus he came to play a part in the Yuletide celebrations, which were previously associated with Freyr, or Ingvi to the Anglo-Saxons. In Old Swedish art, Stephen is shown as tending to horses and bringing a boar's head to a Yuletide banquet. Both elements are extra-canonical and may be pagan survivals. Jacob Grimm, one of the editors of the Grimm's Fairy Tales, was noted that the serving of a boar's head at banquets may also be a reminiscence of the Sonargolter, the boar sacrificed as part of the celebration of Yule in Germanic paganism. Since ancient days, the boar was the most dangerous and tastiest game sought by hunters in what we now call Great Britain. When possible, it was the centerpiece of all great feasts, pre-Christian and Christian alike. One of Grimm's tales features a boar in the singing bone. A boar lays waste to a country and two brothers set out to kill it, with the prize being given to the princess's hand in marriage. The younger meets a dwarf who gives him a spear, and with it he kills the boar. Carrying the body off, the man meets his older brother, who had joined with others to drink until he felt brave. The other brother lures him in, gives him a drink, and learns of the younger brother's adventure. They then set out to deliver the body to the king, but on passing a bridge, the older kills the younger and buries his body beneath it. He takes the boar himself to the king and marries the king's daughter as prize. 
One day, a shepherd sees a bone under the bridge and uses it to make a mouthpiece for a horn. The horn with the bone mouthpiece reveals how the brother was killed. The shepherd takes this marvel to the king, who has the bridge examined and the bones of the deceased brother are found. The older brother is not able to deny his actions and is drowned as punishment. The younger brother's bones are reburied in a beautiful grave. Like the Grimm's tale, the origin of the carol seems a bit fantastical. The story begins as such. Sometime in the 15th century, Capcott, a scholar at Queen's College, Oxford, was walking across Shotover Common towards Horsebath Village to attend Mass, when he was attacked by a wild boar. Capcott grabbed the boar by the scruff of its neck and shoved the copy of Aristotle he had been reading into its throat. After removing its head, he stuck this on his staff and left it in the church porch while attending Mass. At the subsequent Christmas Day feast, pork was on the menu. But in honor of Christmas, the boar's head was presented, not to the hapless scholar, but to the Christ child whose birth was being celebrated. Afterwards, the head was taken back to Queen's College for dinner. The story is still celebrated in Oxford with the parish church in Horsepath having a window commemorating the event, and Queen's College having an annual dinner in which three chefs carry a boar's head, decorated as in the carol by a garland of bay leaves and rosemary, on a silver plate into the hall. A solo singer sings the first verse, leading the procession with torchbearers. The procession briefly stops for each verse, but moves during the chorus. The head is then placed on the high table, where the provost distributes the herbs to the choir and gives the orange from the boar's mouth to the solo singer. Of the several still existing versions of the carol, the one most usually performed today is based on the version published in 1521 by Vinken de Verde's Christmas Carols. The Boar's Head Carol was, in fact, the first carol to be published in English. Jan van Vinken was an apprentice of William Caxton, who had brought printing to England seven years prior. It is likely that other versions of the Boar's Head Carol printing in the 15th century predate this one. It is argued that the oldest version is the version which begins, Hey, 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 the Boar's Head is armed gay. While the modern versions of the carol had no obvious textual link to Christmas, the original third verse did link the song. The third verse says, Our steward hath provided this in honor of the King of Bliss, which on this day to be served is in Reginacy Atrio. Furthermore, Christmas feasts in England during the Middle Ages often included boar's heads, due in part to the open season for hunting boar running from Christmas until Candlemas. It is thus likely that the Queen's College story was to embellish a tradition that was popular at the time. The tradition may have originated from the Norse custom of boar sacrifice to the goddess of fertility, Freya, in the Feast of Midwinter. Despite the wild boar becoming extinct in England during the 17th century, the tradition continued. But why just the head? Unlike a roast pig, which you could carry to the table whole and carve up there, a boar might weigh several hundred pounds, or be too big or take too long to cook in one piece. So the boar would be butchered and prepared before the feast, but the head would be decorated and brought in as a tribute to the mighty hunter who had brought it down. When possible, medieval sights and sounds are part of the feast. As the festival spread to other parts of England, the presentation of the decorated boar's head grew into sort of a parade, People who were dressed as 14th century pages, 
cooks, jugglers, lords and ladies join the procession of singing carols. Many other traditions and costumes have been added since, including characters from the Christmas story and other medieval Christmas traditions. In a wealthy manner two centuries ago, there may have been a mix of banquet and pageantry that is seldom encountered today. In the most elaborate presentations, a new set of players may have come in with each course. They might be dressed as, say, King Wenceslas and his servant, or as Robin Hood and Maid Marian. There would have followed a skit or a song, then those players would have bowed and exited, or joined the other players to sing along with the ever-growing chorus. During the holidays, there are many places in the UK, Ireland, Canada, South Africa, and the US which celebrate the procession of the boar's head. Today, to see the big pageantry version, you probably go to a big church or auditorium to enjoy the show without the meal. Or you may attend a magical dinner version. These include a sit-down feast, but replace some of the pageantry with dialogue, as the lord and lady of the feast banter with the jester or any other characters who have been written in. Either way, you will never see the same Boar's Head Carol Festival twice. And while there isn't much variation to the carol, there are subtle differences. So here are my top five choices. Number five is arranged by Jimmy Bass. This version is more modern and, to me, nothing like the original. It almost sounds like something from a Broadway show. While the harmonies are tight, it does nothing to convey the feeling of gathering in a great hall for a feast. Number four is by the group Magpie Lane. The boar's head, as I understand, is the rarest dish in all the land. Which must be decked with a gay garland. Let us say beer and cantico. Caput apri defero. Redens laudes domino. There are some good harmonies for this version, but again, it, it lacks the festival feel. This version seems more comfortable in a Renaissance fair to me. Number three is by the Robert Shaw Chorale. While similar to the previous version, the harmonies in this version are considerably tighter. You can almost imagine them singing in a great hall. Number two is by the Chieftains. The boar's head in hand where I detect with days of rosemary And I pray in my master's deep and reed For this good sin come pray we all Come on out, read a farewell, pray and love it on me 
To confess, I picked this one because of my Celtic roots. I love the flute, the strings, the keys, and it seems to give the pageantry the boar's head deserves. And finally, number one is by the King Singers. A steward hath provided his in honor of the King of Please, which on this day to be served is in bed. To me, this version gives the best image of the Festival of the Boar's Head. The trumpet calls us to pay attention as you imagine the head being walked across the room, admired by all who are feasting. So, what do you think? Do you think that was a good choice? Do you have other versions of the Boar's Head Carol that you like? Or should this carol be left back in the 15th century? Let me know. You can email me at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, Gleed. That was a lot of information in a very short amount of time, and I certainly learned a lot, and I hope everyone listening did as well. So once again, thank you. Whoa, look at the time. I better go. Well, I hope you learned something this month or found a new favourite version of Feliz Navidad. Remember to send through your audio snippet for next month's birthday episode. I look forward to hearing from you and hearing what you have to say. And as usual, be excellent to each other and rock on. Mm -hmm.